teacher I had in high school was asleep one night in his bed when he heard the sound of someone breaking into his house. He got out of bed and went to the top of the stairs and saw an armed man below him in the living room. The burglar hadn't noticed him yet and was rummaging through some of his belongings. Imagine how you would feel in that situation. I think I would feel scared, vulnerable, maybe mixed with some anger and a desire to fight and defend my home and my family. Imagine what you would do in that situation. I think I might try to quietly go back to my room, maybe try to call the police. This teacher instead stretched out his arms and said, welcome friend, please take anything in this house you want. The burglar was so surprised he just stood there. My teacher then engaged him in more conversation encouraged him to take anything he needed, and after they sat talking for a little while, the burglar left. <laughs> this talk is about kindness, thoughtfulness, consideration for others, and what gets in the way of those important things. Another story many of you returning campers will be familiar with is about an eight-year-old boy living in New York City who after school one day decided to travel from Midtown down to Lower Manhattan to surprise his father after work. He wasn't sure how long it would take to get there, but he saw that the sign on the bus said City Hall as its destination, and he knew how to get to his father's office from City Hall. It was December, it had gotten dark and cold. When the bus reached the last stop, the young boy looked around and had no idea where he was, and started to feel panic. The bus driver, perhaps picking up on this and realizing he had one eight-year-old passenger left on his bus, said to him, so where are you going? And the boy said, City Hall. And the driver said, no, where are you really going? And the boy told him, Courthouse in Foley Square, where my father works. The bus driver then said, okay. And he chauffeured the young man in the city bus to the front steps of the courthouse. The young man was thrilled, ran off and met his dad, who was fortunately still at work. That young man, by the way, was Mr. Vinny, the director before me. Think about a time someone has shown you kindness. Hold that moment in your mind. If you think about these stories, the burglar and the bus driver, these are stories about total strangers meeting and interacting. I would guess that many of the stories most of you are thinking about are times when you were on your own for some reason, maybe under attack, maybe feeling lonely. Often the things we remember best are the times when someone was kind to us in those situations. Think for a moment about this past week a moment where someone was kind to you here. It could be a small act, perhaps something larger. You don't have to name any names, but what were some of the examples of kindness you've experienced this week?
Max wasn't feeling his best at one point, sitting by himself in Baird Hall. Someone came down, talked to him, helped him feel a little better. Other examples? Correct? People hugging in Daner after tax. People hugging in Daner after tax. Tucker? Even smaller things, like for example, uh, getting down to me, I killed the water and a friend next to me filled it for me, even though I was the one who was going to dump. Someone filling the water for me after I'd killed it. Timmy? A cup of tea, the universal balm for anything that ails you. Wesley? Uh, I said something a little self-deprecating, and Fluffy just called me out on it and told me I was crazy. <laughs> Us being self-deprecating to ourselves, and someone saying, hey, you don't need that. I'm sure there are many others. What makes us want to be kind to people? Kindness is work. Why do we do it? Isaac? Makes us feel good. Makes us feel good. Do it in the hopes of getting it in return. We do it in the hopes of getting it in return. James? Makes others feel good. Makes others feel good. Marco? It can be good for your health. It can be good for your health. Tell me more about that, Marco. Less stress is better for you. Creates a good environment. Creates a good environment. Thank you, Will. Henry. Just part of our human nature. Just part of our human nature to be kind. Peter. Helps create friends. Helps create friends. Wyatt. Uh, paying it forward from someone who's kind to you. Paying it forward from someone who is kind to you. If kindness is such a powerful force that has all of these benefits, health, stress, why are people mean to each other? Uh, because meanness is also a powerful force. Because meanness is also a powerful force. Thank you, Mateo. DJ. Um, sometimes people overstep boundaries. They shouldn't. Sometimes we overstep boundaries. We shouldn't. Sammy. Tell me more about that, Sandy. Sometimes you said it can make ourselves feel better. If I put others down, it makes me feel like I'm more than they are. Crash. Because you feel insecure. Because you feel insecure. Tucker. Sometimes Sometimes meanness is the easier way. For sure. Max. Meanness is just as easy to pay forward or feel like we're paying back, maybe, as kindness. Wesley? Uh, social pressure. Social pressure. Tell me more about that. I want to fit in. This is what these other people are doing. If I don't do that, I'm going to stand out. Maybe they'll be mean to me. So much meanness comes from fear. Edmund Burke said, no passion so effectively robs the mind of all of its powers of acting and reasoning as fear. How are we mean to each other? What do we do? Is that Tucker back there? 
We can call each other names. Ian? Use derogatory terms. What? We could physically hurt somebody. Sure. Will? You tell somebody they're bad at something, make fun of them for that? Sure. Make fun of the way they look. Teddy? Put them down anyway. Burke? Talk about them behind their back. We don't forgive them for their mistakes. If the root of meanness is fear, the fruit of fear is division, often fueled by anger. Anger is always a secondary emotion. We are always angry because of some other emotion, because we're scared, because we're hurt, because someone was mean to us, because we're sad. One of the easiest ways to create meanness is to create anger and division. What are some of the common divisions we create? Tucker. Political divisions. Crash. Racial divisions. Racial divisions. Max. Division between friends. Charles. Religious divisions. Class divisions. Cool divisions. Cool divisions. Who's cool and who's not? Evan. Cultural divisions. Will, is that you in the back? Yeah. Who plays sports? Who's an athlete? Who's not an athlete? Stuart. Ethnic divisions. Ethnic divisions. Amos. Divisions of gender. Ian. Economic divisions. Um, age divisions. Age divisions. Evan. Social class divisions. Your height and how you look. Is that it? Yep. Uh, intelligence, Bennett. Intelligence, divisions. intelligence. How smart is this person? Charles. Your weight. What do you look like? It's your body image. Another easy way to create those many, many divisions that you named is for one person or one group to say they have a monopoly on the truth. I and I alone know what is right. My religion and mine alone has real values. My political party is the only group with any decency anymore. My race, my country, my class, my gender, me, me alone. Each of us today lives in a world where examples of meanness live right in our pockets one click away, 24 hours a day, every day. It has become easier, faster, and seemingly less consequential to be mean and cruel to people than at any other time in human history. To be mean to people we know, to be mean to people who we do not. Each of us today can choose our divisions with such ease and live in our own bubbles simmering with anger. You are not growing up in a world where there is more meanness and more division than people before you. These problems are not new. You're just growing up in a world where it is easier to see that meanness, easier to see those divisions, 
easier to see someone claiming they alone have the truth or the answers by putting other people down. The antidote to fear, the cure for division, the balm for anger, the invitation to friendship is kindness. And kindness, like any skill, must be practiced. We must sow little acts of kindness, refilling that water pitcher, to help us be kind in the big moments. Tomorrow we leave for expeditions. What are some acts of kindness we can sow on those trips? Go. Carry someone else's backpack, maybe take some weight out of their pack. Ryan? Uh, pick up after yourself. Pick up after yourself. Helping someone with their tent. Help someone set up their tent. Help with dinner or dishes, even if you're not your night to do so. Help with dinner or dishes, even if it's not your night. Baylor? Help them pack. Tomorrow can feel like a hectic, wild time. It's really nice if someone just lends you a hand. Bennett? Like, help someone out if they're like, feeling homesick or sad if they're new. Someone's feeling homesick, someone's feeling sad. Help them out a little bit. Jet? Be patient with others. Be patient. Might be rainy, might be cold. It'd be hard to be patient. DJ? Listen. Listen. Matthew? Encourage someone if they're having a hard time hiking. Encourage someone if they're having a hard time hiking. Jackson? Be mindful, this might be someone's first time ever out there, right? It might be my first time camping, my first time on a summit. How do I be mindful of someone else in that, in that position? Teddy? Tell me more about that, Teddy. Don't escalate small situations. A great teacher of mine, Teddy, once said, what you focus on will grow. So if you focus on the accomplishments, if you focus on the strength, that's going to grow. You focus on the weakness, you focus on the hardship, that's going to grow. Timmy? Encourage each other to try something new, a new food. When I first came to camp, I hated eggs. I hated eggs. And then, Unlike now where we have these different breakfasts, then at camp it was, and Jack will remember this, and Richard too, it was, and Doug, pancakes, French toast, pancakes, <laughs> French toast, pancakes, French toast, eggs. And eggs were on hikes day, the day you needed the most food. And I remember thinking, oh, I just have to eat these eggs. I don't like them. And people at the table would say, oh, no, you really want to eat them. You're going to be hiking far today. Just give it a try. These things are not easy to do. When it's raining, when you're cold, when you're tired, you've been hiking all day, maybe it's raining and your tent's not set up yet. It's hard to go help somebody else. What are some of those things that might stop us from acting? If we see someone being bullied, if we see someone struggling, if we see someone being mean to someone else, why do we hesitate? James? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Tell me, tell me more about that. I don't know. That's what you tell yourself. You tell yourself that it's not worth it. You tell yourself it's not worth it. Ryan? Fear of being treated, being like bullied as well. Fear of <laughs> if I stick up for this person, I'm going to start getting bullied. Burke? Laziness. Uh, you know what? I'm just, he can, he can, you know, he can deal with it himself. 
It's not my problem. Henry. Too much focus on yourself. All I'm thinking about is me. It's so hard for me. I can't think about someone else. I need to think about me. Bay. Fatigue. Tired after a long day of hiking. Fatigue. I'm just I'm just too tired to go help you. Like I just just too tired. Buckley. I'm not the right guy to handle this. I'm not the right guy to handle this. Buckley, tell me a little more about that. Yeah, I'm not good enough to help this person. I don't know how to tie that knot either. Jackson? How will it benefit me? What's, what's in it for me? How will it benefit me? I might just get more wet. I might just get more cold. Will? What's that? Not my life, not my problem. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., when talking about the story of the Good Samaritan that, Riot, that Wyatt read so well, said the first question the priest and the Levite asked in their own minds was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? We must have courage to be kind. And that courage starts with being kind to ourselves. Mr. Gemjohn used to quote C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, who said, the idea of loving the sinner and hating the sin seemed impossible to him. How can you love somebody and hate what that person just did? How could you be kind to someone who's robbing you? How could you do that? He didn't think it was possible until he realized he had been doing that to one person his whole life, himself. He might be disappointed in something he did, but he didn't stop loving himself caring himself, and that helped him understand how to do that with other people. To practice kindness, we must first practice it with ourselves. Once we can see our own faults, we are able to begin to see things from another person's perspective. To paraphrase, to paraphrase Thomas Aquinas, he said, when you want to convert someone to your point of view, if, if you want to change somebody else's mind, you don't stand across the room, across the aisle, and shout at them. You don't call them an idiot or a moron. You don't order them to come over to your side where you are. You go over to where that person is standing, take them by the hand, and guide them. You start where they are and work from that position. I would add to Aquinas that sometimes, by going over to see someone else's perspective, you might actually stay on that side yourself too. Shared values can manifest in conflicting ideas about how those values are best practiced. Shared values can manifest in conflicting ideas about how those values should be practiced. We can share the same ideals, the same hopes, the same dreams, the same core values, and we can disagree about what the tax rate should be to bring those values to life. That's okay. <clears throat> Lastly, to help practice kindness, stop and think and remember the golden rule, which shows up in nearly all religious and non-religious thought. Treat others as though you wish to be treated. I've seen more kindness at Pasquani 
than any other institution I've ever been a part of. From that kindness, we can relax, we can connect with each other and make friendships with people our age, people of different ages. We can be truly honest with each other and we can laugh like we did last night in the theater, a laughter that has no fear of meanness in it. Mirth that has no bitter springs. A former camper once told me that at Pasquani, he didn't have to wear a mask like he did every day at school. Here, he could take that mask off and be truly himself because people here were kind. Ultimately, kindness allows us to put others before ourselves. For decades, we've recounted the story of Sir Philip Sidney, who was dying on the battlefield when a foot soldier was brought in next to him and at the time, that foot soldier was thought to be a lesser person, a lower rank, a different economic class. They were both dying, and there was only a limited amount of water. And Sir Philip Sidney said, his need is greater than mine. Give him the water. As we heard in the hymn, with deeds of love and mercy, the heavenly kingdom comes. We've seen what this community can be after only a week with the kindness of so many of you. Imagine what we can see by the end of the summer. Henry James once said, three things in human life are important. 